Kevin Can Fuck Himself is a metafiction black comedy that splits its time as a sitcom and a drama. It's been compared to WandaVision for its sitcom satirizing, reality bending, things aren't the way they seem to be plot. Valerie Armstrong, best known for her work as story editor of Lodge 49, first conceived of the show in 2017, around the same time that Aaron Hayes was fired unceremoniously from Kevin James' show, Kevin Can Wait. She pitched her idea to AMC and worked in tandem with executive producers Rashida Jones and Will McCormick to get the show underway. Join us as we analyze the first two episodes of the series, Living the Dream and New Tricks. We go over the characters, the reviews, what people are hoping to see by the end of the season. So sit back, relax. It's June 23rd, and you're listening to today's episode. Now, you're familiar with Kevin James' work. He's been Paul Blart Mall Cop. He's been in a ton of Adam Sandler movies. He's been in the Hitch movie and uh, most famously King of Queens. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel. Yeah, you've watched his YouTube channel. Terrible dude, though, right? Because of this show? Well, well, yeah, the way they portray him in this show isn't great. Okay, obviously this isn't supposed to be a direct comparison right, yeah. to Kevin James. It just draws a lot from his type of shows that he's fallen into. He's made a successful career out of playing the lovable oaf, more often than not, with, in a relationship with a beautiful woman, right? Yeah. And when CBS in 2015, 16, 17 had that family comedy, Kevin Can Wait, it rolled around and they were just like, well, we got our bread and butter routine here. We got Kevin James. We'll throw in Aaron Hayes from Children's Hospital. Seems like a funny pairing. Mm -hmm. But after one season, I guess the showrunner or the writers were like, nope, this isn't working. And so they just fired her and uh, brought in uh, Leo Romini. Yeah. And then they killed her. They killed off Aaron Hayes, right? In season two, I think. Yeah, they killed her off and they barely said anything about it. They just made it an impassing joke. And that pissed some people off, created some serious drama, and it also bred kind of the resentment for a lot of sitcom tropes, which include taking the wife character and making her just the kitchen person or kind of just like the butt of all jokes, someone who just stands there as a prop or as eye candy. And it's like we have these type of shows. Basically, they called out The Honeymooners, According to Jim, Still Standing, All in the Family, King of Queens, to a certain degree, like Everybody Loves Raymond. A lot of sitcoms out there do the same thing. Right. And so this show basically is just poking fun at that, right? Yeah, and this made me want to, after watching it, made me want to go back to some of those shows and be like, do they really treat the female characters that way? Because Yeah, uh, they want to stop treating wives like nag servants. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because whenever this show, and it does something very smart with the lighting, where it, it's lighted like a sitcom and you have the laugh track in the background. It's also it, a multi-camera when it's a sitcom. Right, exactly. And then it'll go very dark and there won't be any laugh track, like you said. It'll turn into a straight-out drama. Um, it made me really wonder to myself if Allison, when she was going to break, that was like the main thing of both episodes. Like so how so far the, she it, began, it began with it being a sitcom, right? Right, yeah. It starts off in like the middle of a sitcom. You get the exterior of the house, much like friends with the exterior of the apartment. And you get... People uh, said it reminded them of Eric Foreman's basement. I, I, the, the couch in the middle... Yeah, well, no, not his basement to me. It reminded me of the living room because they're in the living room and Kevin and Neil, Neil is Kevin's brother, they're playing beer pong and they're trying to see who will win because whoever wins, the other one has to take off their pants and run around the block. How about you go ahead and just introduce all the characters? Okay, yeah. So so we got Allison, who is our main character, and she's from, um, her name is Annie Murphy in real life. She's from Schitt's Creek. Before that, she didn't really have a job. Like Uh, in acting, she had tried out for a a bunch of stuff, but she won an Emmy, I think, 
yeah, no, and, so. and she was really, really good in this. Like, you're with her basically the whole entire way, and I thought that her acting was probably the best out okay. of the whole thing. And so, obviously, then you have the infamous Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, who is a complete dick. Like, who she's married to. Yeah, and there's not one thing he does here where there's not some type of A, hidden agenda, or B, mean joke that he can somehow throw in there. Like, even when he does something nice where he wants to apologize to Allison, he still is like, oh, we'll have a dinner, but then he makes her have to make it, and, and just stuff like that so he is just and he's only around when the sitcom part is being done yeah we'll dive into kevin's like role right. as a character in a few minutes uh and also allison but let's let's get the side characters okay, out of yeah. the way so neil is kevin's brother they're they're very very close neil's played by alex bonifer and i don't think he's done much before this he seems like a younger guy right yeah he's definitely younger than kevin is okay. and then we got patty who is kevin's sister and she is kind of i won't say the moral part of the show i thought patty was like the best friend to uh, allison no, uh, well, no, no, definitely not. Oh, okay. Patty tells Allison, like, hey, I didn't ever think that we were actually, like, a thing in terms of being friends. But she's the sister to Kevin, and she's someone who can kind of tell, like, she's in both worlds. She can be part of the comedy where you get, like, some of the biggest laughs from her, like, it, when this is supposedly filmed in front of a live studio audience. So she transcends both the right. sitcom and the drama world. Right, exactly. And along then, with Allison. Right. And then we have Sam, and Sam is someone who apparently, I think, Allison and... And him used to have a thing but he moved to new york mm-hmm. and then came back and so like an ex-boyfriend right and he bought a place called bev's uh diner and okay. bev's diner is a place that he owns it's like a coffee shop type of thing and allison and him have some conversations throughout the first two episodes are they in a sitcom format or are they in the no drama th- format? those are in complete drama format okay so sam is actually played by raymond lee when i first saw him i was like wow randall park lookalike <laughs> yeah no and i also think that allison is kind of like almost a margot robbie in some parts does she have an australian accent no but the way she looks is very uh, she's cast to be like pretty yeah. and then uh, at the other end of the spectrum she's supposed to right in episode two you see a complete like, ugly downfall. side yeah okay but then you have uh pete mcroberts he's the last main character that we have I and think that he's, he's played by brian brian howe who is the weirdest imdb that oh, I, uh, like what's he been in well he's been all over the place but the movies he's been in range from catch me if you can then to rv that Robin Williams yeah, movie, right, Deja Vu, Gran Torino, Annabelle, The Pursuit of <laughs> Happiness, Evan Almighty. Like, so he just, just pops around to really famous films. All across the genre board, basically. Yeah, so he's, and he was also in Justified, so I didn't get into his uh, TV career right. too much. But, like, as far as films, he, he picks the right scripts. Uh, right, well, and I think that he's the dad. He doesn't say a lot in the, this episode at all. He, well, like, you watched the first two, right? Silent. Yeah, the first two. Okay. When you said this episode, you scared me for a second. I was like, let's take a pause. You got to go watch another hour. And that's that's another thing. This is not a 30-minute sitcom length. It is an hour. No, yeah. So does the sitcom part take up about 30 minutes, though? I would say it takes up about 20 minutes. And could you splice together the yeah, sitcom part yeah. and actually just watch yeah. it as that? Yeah, you could. That, that was something that I had in my notes. Awesome. It was able to make two different storylines but merge them in a complete way. Um, but the weirdest thing, I think, about the show is just the fact uh, as to um how far they're willing to go how how exaggerated do they get with these sitcoms like are the jokes 
what you would come well, to I, expect? Or do you think like, oh, well, that's a bit too much? Because I know at the beginning you were just talking about how you would want to go and check out old sitcoms to see if they mm-hmm. really are this bad. Well, I think I don't think that they're exaggerated at all. After seeing stuff like the Connors and even the Upshaws, but definitely to a lesser degree in that, that version, these jokes that they make... It, it felt like a normal TV show that has a laugh track. It like, was the laugh track even louder than normal, or was it no, a normal? No, it, it was completely normal. Like the the show, the episodes that they showed, or the the comedy that they showed in this felt like just a genuine laugh track TV show. Except they were being incredibly insulting to. Yeah, except except Kevin continually is just a dick, just and everyone ragged is on his wife. Allison. Yeah, okay, exactly. And so when they brought in the people to laugh, well, let me ask you this: um, when Kevin made a joke at his wife. Did you hear the laughing? Yeah, like you heard normal? the laughing a lot. Apparently, when they actually had people come in to laugh at it, there were certain jokes where they groaned and they had to like <laughs> redo them because the even the audience was aware. Like at that point, oh well, that's that's a little harsh. Oh, did they fake the audience into being like this is an actual? I believe comedy. they did. That that's cool. Yeah, because even Allison, like she's making some jokes in episode two and Kevin is like, you know what happens when you're trying to be funny. And from there on out in that whole entire episode, whenever she's trying to make a joke in the comedy uh, format that they have, mm-hmm. just every single time Kevin is like, are, are you joking? Were, were you like, ever no. on Kevin's side? At any no, point? no. Okay, so he is a complete dick like throughout the whole entire episode. There's not one point where you're ever with him at all. Yeah. He doesn't even make fun of himself. Well, Eric Peterson said that while he was doing it, he felt like for a while he had the audience on his side. But then as soon as he really went after his wife in the script, he didn't like doing that. But <laughs> right. for the role, he obviously had and to. And I thought he did a great job. However, I think he had a little bit of an out because he just got to play the dick the whole entire time. Yeah. But yeah. And obviously we're going to jump into Allison's character right. real soon. I just wanted to ask one more thing about the sitcoms you watched the upshaws the crew united we fall all three of those had laugh tracks right yeah they did now would united we fall stand in the same category because i know that will sasso is kind of a bigger dude but the way i remember it was presented christina vidal i think had like she was one of the first people to be cast in like her her ancestry which she was the first person woman mm-hmm. to be of 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 latin descent i believe right yeah to be cast in in a main lead role or something so did it feel the same dynamic were you getting those kind of rough uh what i remember in united we fall was that like will sasso he's supposed to kind of be the protagonist and i don't think that he was as much of a dick as as kevin is to his wife here i think will sasso is definitely supposed to be likable well here kevin is supposed to be the villain like okay. straight out so let's turn to the drama this is primarily allison's show right. so let's talk about her what exactly happens while all these jokes are going down? And, and well, the first time you see Allison, she's just holding a bag of laundry and she's about to put it in. And mm-hmm. then Kevin, after they're making just a ton of jokes to her, Kevin asks to get a refill on his drink. And the first time that we see the light fixture kind of change into this drama is when she enters the door and it's the kitchen. And at that point, the camera angles are a lot different. You're supposed to kind of feel somewhat claustrophobic. It's a single camera. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then she ends up just kind of getting so mad and she breaks the glass and that's what leads into the intro people have um, compared it again to wandavision for that yes, part of reason yeah, yeah. did that make you think of that, that yeah part? yeah the especially just the way in which like the tone changes so does it feel like she has a purpose. superpower no she doesn't okay have a so she's not controlling <laughs> no, this no nothing like that <laughs> i right. did think that when i saw the trailer it was going to be one of those things where she knew she was in a show but after a while she just got so fed up with it but no this is literally just her life just two different genres so she so she's did, not aware of the separation right. that happens right and I, occurs. yeah she doesn't un, she doesn't know that like when she's in a comedy she's in a comedy however her dialogue like changes and her tone of voice changes so is there she are in a way that, waking up though to the fact that her husband 
is a dick to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in that way, when I heard about it, I thought, this isn't really WandaVision. It's more like Westworld. Because if you remember in the first season of Westworld, you had Dolores, who was breaking free from that whole damsel in distress right. model. And then, like, by the end of the first season, she's her, like, she's an independent person who's making her own decisions, deciding to kill people. Oh, yeah, like, no. So it, it feels like that is where this character kind of is similar. It's Yeah, it's 100% similar. I mean, like, she is, she's definitely experiencing the grunt of life like after the intro you see her she is just not having a good time the the place she's living at like the city is just filled with trash in fact she's even like throwing it away and that's how she figure out she figures out about so they live in a dump is what you're saying yeah outside of the house they live in like a complete dump uh she goes and she'll like get some dunkin donuts have her have powder on her face and then she'll go into like a lipstick shop just to see if she can get any lipstick unaware with the powder on her face and she's like can i have some red lipstick and they're like uh, the people that are working there are like, you know, I think what you're doing now is fine. And she's thinking that's a compliment until she looks in the mirror and realizes that they're just like making fun of her. She has a terrible job at like the liquor Sounds store. Sounds like her husband's not the only one being cruel. Yeah, no, everyone is cruel to her. Um, if well, I, yeah, I heard that Sam was actually. Say, like, I was, I was going to get to that. Yeah, when right. you when you meet Sam, he's actually like the only one who's actually giving her the time of day and saying that he cares whenever they're talking or anything like that. Now she's not just a perpetual victim though, right? Like she is. I heard that like he calls her out on some bullshit, right? Yeah, in fact, that was at the end of the second or first episode where he's like, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but you kind of left me like. Well, not that part, not just the relationship end of it, things, but like as far as what she's living through, does he call her like, does he like, why don't you just leave him or anything like that? No, it's more a reality check that he gives her. Where... Is she just complaining or why, why, why does he give her that reality check? Basically what happens is, is that Allison comes to him at the end of the episode um, because she has just had it. She's fed up with Kevin's family, especially Kevin and just everything going on. So she comes to Bev's Is there one inciting incident that like, is just, she, she's had it. She throws up her hands and, ha- and goes and talks to Yeah, Sam. I mean like, because what happens in the sitcom part of the show, yeah just tell me what happens there that kevin uh is wanting to throw an anniversary dinner for um allison but it's not one of those things where they're throwing an anniversary dinner just for the two of them like they're inviting other people (laughs) which i found was a little weird like a party but right but for their anniversary right exactly but uh much like a normal sitcom trope the manager that kevin works for because he works for like fixing cables is coming to dinner and they're trying to impress him Mm -hmm. but um this is another thing about the house that's so terrible is that it's like becoming infested with cockroaches so we even see allison at the beginning of the first episode start to kill them and like squash them with her foot oh disgusting um yeah but then once the manager does come over he gives them like a wine bottle and uh and neil comes running in because one thing is is that they live in boston so they are huge fans of everything boston they hate the yankees they love the red Sox. they uh i know it is filmed partly in boston i was actually in one of the markets that they filmed the restaurant scenes at the quincy marketplace uh, it's a really nice place yeah and so i'm a yankee fan so (laughs) they're big fans of new england patriots though like they're even getting tom Tom brady Brady lookalikes and so it's like sports right so neil comes running in He's like, Kevin, 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 look, the Tom Brady's are saying that you can beat them at Flip Cup. And then Kevin is like, oh, okay. Um, and he like, So it's become more like a kid's party and she's more of the right, chaperone. And, yeah, and he's going to the manager being like, you know, there's this problem that we have to fix. And then Allison, who obviously heard everything, is like, really? Because the manager's just here. You can't deal with this problem later. And he's like, no, I, I have to go and uh, fix it really fast. Fix okay. the plumbing at the neighbor's house. They run out and then that's when the light fixture turns. And I got uh, that feeling that you usually get when, like, a friend introduces you to another friend. 
but then they inexplicably leave the room for like five minutes and you're just just stuck the with awkwardness them. of it. right that's what you get with the manager and uh and allison yeah because allison doesn't really know how to approach the situation and from what i understand she doesn't handle these situations with like the most healthy response to things <laughs> like when we get into the drama world right well what ends up happening here is that like a cockroach shows up and she doesn't want the boss to see that so yeah. she steps on it but like the way she steps makes it look like she's really determined to speak to him so the manager is kind of like caught off guard a little bit and she's like would you like some wine and he's like sure i'd love some so she has to like scrape the cockroach underneath her shoe up the stairs mm-hmm. And by that point, she just kind of loses it a little bit and takes the drink that the manager has given her and starts just drinking in the bathtub. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So just a lot right. of drinking. Any drug use? No, no no drug use yet. That happens later on, kind of after the comedy scene. Because what ends up happening is the manager ends up liking the party after a while. He likes the fact that he gets to be one of the boys, as he calls it, and starts drinking from like one of those muzzles and does a ton of drinking games. He has a great time. But the one thing that Allison is looking forward to throughout the full episode is that she wants to leave the house that's because again of all the problems that i just stated and she's looking at this place called armid gates so she's looking for an escape right she wants to ditch her husband completely just like pack up her bags and go she wants to leave with the husband she goes really yeah okay so she wants to take him with right uh in fact she's even having daydreams of like her kind of being like a 50s housewife uh pouring like beer and then him drinking in them both smiling and things like that she wants that that's what she wants for ideal i found that it's funny because i was thinking of like the marvelous mrs Maisel, mm-hmm. where she also sort of broke free from her conventional like 1950s life to go do something else right but it sounds like at the beginning here uh she just wants allison just wants her husband to grow up a little bit right to mature and, a little and bit. yeah i think that she, uh she thinks that him leaving his family will probably do that but like for example neil's really sad when they hear that they're trying to move uh-huh. like and um and patty's just kind of trying to warn her a little bit but what ends up happening is, is that after the party, uh, Allison just needs a f- breath of fresh air. And Patty tells her uh, straight out, she's like, look, the money that you have in your bank account um, that you supposedly have been saving up hasn't been being used wisely. Like Kevin continually uses it. You have nothing in that bank account. Oh, great. And that causes Allison to just go on an extremely like a bender? depressed ride. Yeah, like she goes and she starts doing crack with this one person. Where does she get later. crack? Later on the or early on in the episode, there's a guy named Mark who works on cars, and he's one of those people that like yells at passerbyers, like "You have a nice smile. Do you want to co- want to come and party?" So she goes back to that same place. Uh-huh. And why is it always a Carly dealership? I was actually at a um, well, not a dealership, but a, a, a car wash, and I ended up going on a day that like um, they they weren't open and like this guy approached me and was like you want to buy some drugs i was like Wait, no no <laughs> well, is this the place is this the place for that type of that's, thing that's 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 kind of what um that's kind of who mark is there's also a funny joke that does keep on happening where allison is accidentally always hurting people a lot like for example um Early on in the episode, she goes to the bank to speak to someone about possibly buying this house, and she accidentally punches him in the face. When How do you trying accidentally to, punch She's trying to take face. off her jacket. Oh, okay, and got like, it. And yeah, punches him. And then here, she accidentally slaps Mark when she's doing coke, and Mark... And, so there's still physical comedy in the thing. Right, but this is all still during the drama thing, and this is kind of Allison learning to break free, because she's like, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that, and then she's like, you know what? No, I'm not sorry about that, until Mark like approaches her, and she's like, okay, I am sorry about that. You should probably ice that. Um, finally, though, by the end of the first episode, she comes home, and uh, that's where Kevin wants to apologize, is because she, she's been out all night, and they didn't know where she was. So Kevin is like, you know what? 
we won't throw a rager like that ever again. It'll just be a normal dinner. And then she's like, okay. And then he's like, so what are you going to make me? And <laughs> yeah, just it's continual shots at Allison. And then that's so when, as far as Kevin's concerned, is there any redemption that you can see his character in the not, end receiving? Not at all. In fact, by the end of the episode, so there's no way that he could become aware sort of like the way she is of how terrible he's treating her no. and, and fix by the end of the no. episode she envisions killing him because she accidentally breaks a glass and yeah. when she envisions killing him that's when neil and his dad run up and try to save him but patty is laughing in the background it's just the most twisted thing it is twisted <laughs> and that's why when i heard that part because that was the part that all the articles were talking about yeah um it made me think like well how cool would it be if over the course they not only brought her character through because you don't want anything terrible to happen to her right yeah but terrible things continually happen to her no but i mean like you don't want her to break to the point where she oh, just yeah. murders everyone because nothing, then she'll go to jail nothing and blah, blah, like blah, blah, that blah. yeah so where do you th think it's going to go from here well i was going to say i'm making a prediction i'm saying it before the finale even though we don't There's i eight don't episodes. want this to happen neil is going to die this season he is 100 percent the comic relief but he's also kind of i think the closest tie that kevin has to anyone else but allison mm -hmm. and i think that he was introduced that way so that when he dies kevin is just put in a completely distraught like i cannot see a way that he makes it to so you want two. kevin to suffer right yeah you, <laughs> I, I don't know how anyone can watch this episode and really read between the lines and be like oh kevin's a good guy <laughs> okay <laughs> he is not yeah that does answer all. my question then yeah, I, I mean, this trope is obviously real, the one that they're trying to really battle. The wife's character being relegated to making dinner, taking care of the kids, being the butt of the joke, like we've talked right. about. I pointed that out, and then I looked into, like, all these sitcoms that have done it in the past. And I was pleased, though, to see that with all the TV that we're getting these days, all the shows that we've done, it seems like that that those type of sitcoms are slowly, they're still coming up every once in a while, but they're dying off. Yeah. And, and that was not what I was reading, though. People were like, well, they're still prevalent. I, I get that. Right, I get that right. they're still around and that they need to be poked fun at. But if you look at the ones that are most egregious with it, they tend to actually be modern day cartoons. Because you still really? have like things like Peter from Family Guy, which definitely a terrible husband. And Lois is supposed to be a, a, a lot better or yeah. could do a lot better. Yeah. But that in itself is making fun of the trope. And that's been around since the 90s right. because it was making fun of the Flintstones where <laughs> right, Fred yeah. would just yell <laughs> Wilma and Wilma wouldn't be doing anything wrong. Right. Like, yeah. And they're also making fun of the Simpsons, which. Mm -hmm the simpsons has homer with marge and homer's just gotten stupider over the seasons and yeah and i think i would even venture to say that kevin here is dumber than homer is wow <laughs> like he that's, like, that's a statement <laughs> kevin kevin is just a incredibly dumb evil mockery of all those uh television dads that i guess people grew up with so i guess if this show does one thing it it, it uh, ex expedites the whole idea of the, this type of sitcom dying off right. and in that way it's a great thing however it's got a 6.1 on imdb right now wow. people seem to like it if anything it seems like they want more from the show because of what the trailer promised them yeah. which felt like it was going to be this really twisty show with a lot of plot plot stuff and by the end there would be some crazy cool conclusion but right now it they uh, some of them said it was meandering a little bit after the first second uh episode but that doesn't mean it can't improve itself so no one was willing to write it off no one was just saying this is a failed experiment they were saying what else can you show me that yeah i can see that it did kind of promise itself to almost be a little bit of like a legion-esque type tv show cool. and i think that if you were but if you were to go into that and actually watch it you'll see that this is more really just kind of focusing kind of grounded in reality a little bit you know, allison's that life that reminds me because i said the 
story editor of Lodge 49, the creator, mm-hmm. Valerie, she, she th- they did the same thing. Like for, Lodge 49 kind of promised you a little bit of supernatural. There was an intrigue there, a hint at the idea of, of something crazy going on. And then it kind of, it lent itself back to reality. And if you watched the show, you weren't disappointed, but at the same time, you, you wished that maybe it would have gone a little bit further or done something a little bit more creative. Right. When I was saying that, like, I was surprised how far it went, I guess meant with like Allison's character. Cause by the second episode, she, things really don't get too much better for her. Like, for example, um, she, the plot of the episode is she steals Bill Belichick's jacket that, um, Kevin had ordered online and he was really, really happy that he was going to be able to wear but she just doesn't let him know that it arrived stole the package she starts wearing it so kevin starts getting very wary of the neighbors and starts uh putting up security like cameras she starts wearing it yeah like around him no, 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 no. She takes it off right before she gets in the house, but when she's, like, walking through and going to... Uh, so just to spite him. Right, basically. Okay. She, she's, at this point, absolutely hating him. And she in the side storyline, she's trying to figure out how to kill him um, because she actually like comes across... Like, in re- real life? Yeah, in real life. Uh, okay. Because she comes across a dead body at the library, and it's in... As one does. <laughs> right. And uh, If I just had a nickel. Well, she went there because she said that she was going to start writing a book, but really what she's doing on the internet is she's uh, typing in Google perfect murder, which I, I mean, don't, why it, don't I you, feel like does she have a phone? Uh, I think that she does, but for some reason she decides to go to the library. Maybe she's just random. really paranoid. Well, it's like if you're going to type in perfect murder in a library thing, it's like I feel like if you're going to murder someone, cops would be like, oh, well, where is she last seen? At the library? Let's check the history. <laughs> I doubt that would ever happen. I think when you look up in a library computer, perfect murder, you would come up with a lot of like crime novels. Well, it's one of those things. Or like where, a lot of Dan, Dan Brown well, stuff. It was, I don't know. It was the internet, but when she clicked on a link, it would always just be blocked by the library. So some Someone who is supposed to So it feels like it was, was written in a way that just to get to that joke. Like right. she could have used the internet anyway. This is in nineteen ninety. Well, you don't she... need to go to the library to use the internet. <laughs> no, it's but true. okay. And there's supposedly someone that's passed out and when she checks deeper she sees that they've actually passed away. And when she's speaking to a cop, the cop is like, Yeah, you know, everyone knows. So she these. calls the police. Right. She calls the police. The police show up, they put the body in a bag, and then the police cop is like, Yeah, you know, everyone ODs. Uh, it could be like a grandma, it could be a kid, every anyone and then But she... the first people they always look to if there's any suspicion whatsoever is always the spouse and i want to call bs on the idea that you could just be passed out in a library because i remember during finals weeks when i would just fall asleep at the desk and i would literally be asleep for like two seconds and then it would be someone like coming by like one of the right, library yeah. people being like hey you can't do that here and i was like no i've literally it's a five minute i mean, nap. I mean it's to, a five minute to nap. be fair there was no one around except for allison because okay. this was because this definitely was shot during covid like there's not more than i would say like seven people in the scene at once and that's the most that it gets but by the end of the episode allison um, like she's trying to get, oh, uh, she's trying to get oxycodone from the doctor, from Mark, for example. Mark kind of tricks her into thinking that she's going to be able to, and then she does. You know what's funny? That in the Connors, the way that they killed off Roseanne, Roseanne was that she took overdosed? a bunch of pills. Yeah, she overdosed. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe it was actually John Goodman. And we find that out later on. <laughs> and he comes in. No. Um, but by the end of the episode, she goes to the salon and it turns out Patty is selling Oxycontin, but she didn't know that she was going to run across Patty. So that's that's where the episode ends. So I can see what people mean when it's like the plot's a little meandering because I guess it's not pushing as uh it's not moving as fast as maybe as people could. wanted it to right but I, you're two episodes in your fourth of the way through the series. But I think that there's still if you want to compare it to something like Loki. 
That oh, thing's oh, moving yeah. at oh, no, a yeah. thousand miles yeah. an hour. So. Yeah, uh, but I think that this uh, series definitely shows potential, even though at times, I guess beyond its initial premise, it does kind of get a little boring. So, so I badgered you into agreeing with the public opinion. <laughs> yeah, what no, would you, I, what I would you give it? it? One through ten. I, I would give it like an eight. I'd say. Okay, eight is good. I feel like it was a little bit bombed from negative reviews, people who just were, were against the whole premise to begin with. Yeah. But uh, because 6.1 did not match exactly the IMDb ratings, the the, the uh, reviews that I was reading. I wish I had something like a 6.9 or 7, something that was closer, because I think that that's a better rating. Well, again, 81% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's maybe more indicative right. of the actual score that yeah. is in your head. But is there anything else you want to say before we get yeah, to I, I just Yeah, I looked at my notes again, and I realized that the Sam scene when Allison is speaking to him, and he's kind of like, well, you left that happened at the end of episode two not episode one i think you said that originally yeah so and also there was a sad scene where um because kevin keeps on talking about the fact that he wants to upgrade a security system he has a bat to fight against the neighbors the motion censored cameras and then they get a dog and kevin get a dog yeah well kevin doesn't necessarily want any dogs like the the mac the mac episode and it's always sunny where they the second he gets the dog he just stops caring for the dog (laughs) and then she's like left to deal with no allison allison was really happy she's like you caved and he's like no I, i don't want a dog this dog is here on like a temporary basis and like she starts petting it and she even she starts paying it before she like leaves the house in the episode but then they get rid of it by the end and then that was sad they have they ripped the dog away from them wow but on that sad note i guess we'll end the episode thanks for listening to today's episode we'll see you in the next one bye bye